Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another production of the 4i Radio Network at 4iRadio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Can you still say, where's my autograph book? Yes! Do you remember? Do you remember? Where's my autograph book? What was the artist mission in, on your team? Like, you know what, for me, I think the hardest mission was keeping each and every one of you happy. Yeah. Yeah, because when you come and tell us that you love us, we gotta love you back. So that's hard. My question is, out of all the monsters, including Goldar, were you, so which was your favorite to blow up, like in March? <laughs> which is the favorite monster to blow up? Like Piranha's Head, Toad, like which one was your favorite to like, for Rita, which one did you like to enlarge? For Zed, which one did you like to enlarge? Oh, okay. Um, well, I like to enlarge the skull. <laughs> 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 And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, 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 hey. it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Come on, this. Today on the Power Hour, episode 37. Ranger Command at LexCon 2015, recorded on March 17, 2015. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Send a Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Truckee B47, and today I'm joined by some guest co-hosts that were at LexCon this year. I'm Jordan, also known as Deno. I'm RJ, also known as Uchi, Anime Redneck 96. Yeehaw! I'm Matt, also known as PR Generations. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover, illustration and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. How's it going, guys? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Going great. You guys recovering from post-con? Yeah, like yeah. I, I get on Facebook and Twitter and I see all these pictures, like people with like all the Ranger actors. I'm like, let's go back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My wallet's still recovering, so. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah mine's, mine's going to take about a month to recover. Well, first, before we get into uh, LexCon talk, a couple news items that are pretty cool. New Power Rangers Dino Charge episode titles and descriptions have been revealed, and this is from Kyle416 on Twitter. Episode 8 is called Double Ranger, Double Danger, and that premieres on April 4th. When clone rangers steal the real ranger's irreplaceable tracking device, Fury learns the location of the powerful Terrazord. So this is like the start of a trilogy of episodes to introduce the Gold Ranger. I like how they're doing that. That's pretty neat. Yeah, we haven't got a multi-part story arc like this in a long time, so it's really refreshing. It's been a while. Episode 9 is When Logic Fails airing on April 11th. The Maze Monster, working with Fury, 
captures the Rangers until Riley's logical mind helps them break free. But the delay has allowed Fury time to head towards the Terrazord. And then finally, episode 10, The Royal Rangers, airing on April 18th, when the Rangers find the gold energem among royal treasure, they decide to impersonate a prince and princess to lure Fury in and gain control of the powerful Terrazord. It's an interesting twist. Hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm more like anxious to know who the gold ranger is going to be. That's just like, bam. <laughs> yeah. They've been keeping it under wraps for the most part in terms of who's the actor and all that. So it'll be interesting to see how the story plays out. Definitely. And then finally, our next piece of news, James Galen returns to Power Rangers as Shelby's dad. And people might know him from Power Rangers over the years, most notably playing Colonel Truman in Power Rangers RPM and voicing Zeltrax in Dino Thunder. So I think it's pretty cool they're getting him back. He always has a good monster voice because he's done several smaller monsters throughout the years and also having that tie-in with a past dinosaur season. You know what I'll find funny? Is if his name in Dino Charge is Smitty. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty good. So now what we're all here to talk about is Lexington Comic-Con. Yes, sir. The first thing I wanted to ask you guys is what has been your past attendance to this particular convention and overall general convention experience? So, Jordan? Oh, uh, okay. Well, this is my uh, fourth year. I've been to every uh, LexCon there has been. And I've watched the show grow from, you know, a thousand people to upwards of 10 to 20,000 people being in attendance. And I've got to say that it's pretty awesome, especially if you're a Ranger fan or this year, even just kind of a Toku fan in general with the additional Mm -hmm. Ultraman actors and things like that. It's been great every year I've ever been. I think you guys probably enjoyed it just as much as I did, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, because this is by far the best year it's ever been for for fans of this franchise or of this genre of things. Yeah, I was there in 2013. That's the only other time I've been to uh, LexCon. And uh, I missed last year, but the jump in difference between 2013 and this year was incredible. Like, the space was huge. It was maybe double or even triple the size as it was in 2013. Yes, there was a lot more room to work with. And it definitely didn't feel, I mean, there was a couple points on Saturday where it felt crowded, but it never really felt completely overwhelming. Well, I don't have exact numbers yet, but I can say that attendance was down overall this year. Oh, okay. And so it did not seem as crowded specifically because there were less people. Um, A lot of the dealers at the show this year will even tell you their sales were down by a decent chunk. But, you know, for people who were there for these specific things, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And then Jordan, have you had, have you gone to other different conventions? I know you went to San Diego Comic-Con last year. Oh yeah. I mean, I've done conventions plenty of times. You know, San Diego was like the peak of my con goingness, which was pretty awesome. But I've also been to C2E2 in Chicago before. Um, I've been to the Cincinnati Expo several times. So this is not like my first rodeo, you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. And how was it, uh, since you were also there as a vendor, how was it for you guys this year? I kind of have to echo what a lot of the other vendors said, that sales were definitely down. Mm -hmm. You know, granted for us, you know, we're a local business. We drive three blocks to the convention center. We have no costs (laughs) associated with the show. 
other than paying for our booth. So actually, right. we made plenty of money. We had nothing into it. But for people who drove out of town, you know, from like five, six hours away to set up, there definitely was a negative impact for them. But for us, it's free money. Nice. RJ, what about you? Past attendance in LexCon and overall con experience? Well, really, last year when I went to LexCon was my first convention ever. It was more of a birthday and graduation present type thing at the same time, so it was kind of a fun thing to do senior year. It was pretty good fun last year. I can definitely say it felt bigger, I guess, because they had different levels of the convention this year, so it felt bigger overall and right. a lot more guests than there was last year like ranger wise it felt and then matt how about you this was your first convention right yes this is my very first convention and i have to say it was, it was a blast i mean i had a lot of fun especially like the people like hanging out with you guys and going to all the panels meeting all the ranger actors and stuff it was a cool experience i tend to go and again it was really cool We've got quite a wide range of of con experience here. Uh, Myself, I've been going to anime and comic book conventions for 15 years. And I think LexCon is one of my favorite conventions just because it's small enough of a convention. Even though it's growing every year, it's still small enough where it's not completely overwhelming. And there's a lot to do. There's panels all the time. There's really something for everyone. Another thing I wanted to bring up, what actors did you guys meet? Did you get any autographs? And what was that experience like for you? So this year, I finally had the chance to meet Kerrigan Mahan, Goldar. Um, <laughs> he has been to the show before, but uh, because I also work in town, I rarely have enough time to actually meet actors when I'm there. But I had mm-hmm. some time to interact with him, with you guys. And then I had some time <laughs> to hang out with him on Sunday again. And he's a pretty amazing dude. You know, he seems to think that uh, he is nothing extraordinary when it comes to these conventions, but he's definitely one of the nicer actors or personalities I've ever met. He's very humble, at least, I think. I mean, maybe we can go into that a little bit because uh, I I know we're going to talk about favorite moments uh, later, but in regards to Kerrigan, I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the convention (laughs) was, was hanging out with him with you guys. And getting to draw those uh, <laughs> on his eight by ten, those horrible, horrible pictures. Yeah, yeah. with a K. Yeah, <laughs> Co- coloring with Carrie. It was definitely the highlight of hanging out with him. Was just being like, you know, we could fix those for you, and uh, <laughs> and then finding out the day after that we failed spectacularly, and nobody wanted to buy any of. Them. I, I thought someone bought yours, though. No, he gave it to his volunteer handler and addressed it and like signed it personally for someone's birthday. Otherwise, he was going to give it back to me. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, he wrote on mine, hey, f*** face. And- <laughs> no, it was a stick. That's what he put on yours. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. I, I think that was the highlight. In terms of interacting with the actors, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. But did you get to meet anyone else actor-wise, Jordan? I always see Jason Narby and Paul Schreier every year, mostly because since I am a vendor and I'm there during setup hours, I usually get to interact with them before the show starts. Mm-hmm. And they're always fun guys. Just like just like the last couple of years, they destroyed their couch this year at the end of the show. <laughs> they murdered it, and they left lots of uh, hilarious jokes written all over their table at their booth. Nice. Yeah, they were pretty great. I did not have as many chances to see as many people as I would have liked. Um, I really did want to really wanted to have more time with the Zero Rangers, but I actually did run into them several times away from their booth, and that worked out pretty well for me. 
How about you, RJ? I met Kerrigan Friday night, like, first thing, because, you know, the interviews, y'all have had him on here and interactions with him on Twitter. I just knew I had to meet him. He is a funny as hell guy. He is just <laughs> one of those guys you will laugh your ass off with, uh, especially when he got to telling me and you about the poster tube incident. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I got a photo with him Saturday because I forgot to do that Friday night, but it was pretty awesome. Saturday morning, I think right after I got there, I got in Austin St. John's line and met him. He's an awesome guy to meet. He takes mm-hmm. time to talk to you, shakes your hand. I got him to sign a baseball glove type thing that my cousins <laughs> had given me years ago, and his crew and him had never seen it before. So, like sign something like that before, which was kind of awesome. I'd also met Dan Southworth, who is mm-hmm. even more of a bad in person. Not really scared of him though, but I'm pretty sure he could still whip my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you could take everyone at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I did get to meet David Fielding, thanks to you. You were talking mm-hmm. to him, and we got a photo with him. I think as far as meeting actors go, that was it. But. It was just awesome to see all the guests there. You know, I felt kind of bad that I kept going over to see Kerrigan and like I would only see David Fielding by like association. Like yeah. <laughs> I felt like, kind of, like I stopped by there before the show opened on, on Sunday and I was like, hey, do you know if Kerrigan sold those horrible eight by tens we ruined? And he was like, I don't know. And I felt bad about it. <laughs> well, it was funny because the first time I stopped by Kerrigan's booth, I was talking with him for a while. And then I just kind of left because I had to go to a panel. And then I get a tweet from David Fielding at me. He's like, oh, sure, go talk to Kerrigan, but completely ignore me. Kind of as like a, as like a joke. But then I felt even worse because when I went back to see Kerrigan on Sunday, I forgot to check in with David Fielding. And I'm like, oh, crap, I hope he doesn't think I'm snubbing him. I, I felt bad, especially because I, tr- I kept asking for people to, to collect my set of uh, attendee badges. And I kept trying to find a guest who would give me one, and, and Kerrigan didn't want to. But I was like, "Hey, you know, why don't you let's go ask Fielding over there? He doesn't need it." <laughs> <laughs> and, and he asked him, and he just looked at me, and he's like, "No." <laughs> well, let me ask you: How did you finally get a guest badge? Oh, well, it was a crazy story. It was the end of the show, and I was kind of like getting ready to pack up our booth and move our cars into place. And I'm like frantically asking people. And one of my customers here in town found a VIP badge just laying on the floor. So that was neat. Um, nice. I went, I had talked to Kerrigan and his handler several times and Kerrigan had made a note to take my, my name down and my information. And if he got one, he'd leave it at the front desk for me. I don't know if that ever panned out, but his handler, he gave me his badge and actually got Kerrigan to sign it for me which was pretty cool. Wow, nice. Yeah, he came by my booth and dropped it off. And then I actually know some of the local uh, comic guests at the show uh, personally, and one of them, a guy named R.D. Hall, was there, and I was asking him if I could have his guest badge, and he was going to keep it. But we went over to see another artist we both knew named Mark Kidwell, who you guys might Mm -hmm. know, and he was like, sure, take it. I don't want it. So so I got his – and then RD had been filming like a like a documentary with a crew all day at the convention, and so he had like five staff badges, so he gave me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from having my press badge and my exhibitor to having the other four within like a ten minute span of time after the show ended. 
That's nice. amazing. Yes. So, and I'm I'm especially happy that the volunteer one came from Kerrigan and he signed it for me. Yeah, that's incredible. Man, that must be something to be his handler <laughs> just to hear all that stuff. Oh god. Oh, you know what's funny is I, his handler was he's a pretty straight guy. Like he was quiet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a straight man for sure. Like he would laugh on occasion, but he was definitely quiet. <laughs> but I noticed after they had left, like after everybody was packing up, Kerrigan had I just like signed his tablecloth, yeah. like back on the corner. So yeah, I, I took that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt, how about you? Actors you met, and maybe any autographs that you got. The only autograph I got is when I won the uh, that Armored Red Ranger for the raffle at Austin St. John's Q and A. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I actually got to meet most of the MNPR crew: Hillary Shepard, Blake Foster, Michael Copon. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Dan Southworth, actually, when I was coming out of the elevator. So I got to talk to him for a minute, which is pretty cool. Nice guy. Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, I got to see Kerrigan again. This is my second time seeing him in person after uh, PMC. And then David Fielding. Dan Southworth was awesome. That was so great because I got to meet him on Friday night. Um, and then he said, you know, he loved the podcast and... Uh, said that he would like to come on again anytime that we want him. And then it was funny because I actually had a poster that my friend, uh, I had commissioned an artist friend of mine to do of the Quantum Ranger. So he signed that. He was really impressed by that artwork. And then um, RJ was next to me. And he's like, oh, you know, how about I sign a 8x10 for the podcast? And I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then Uchi was like, yeah, Ranger Command is the best podcast. And so as Dan was signing, he wrote, to Ranger Command, the best podcast. Yeah, yeah, rub it in. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah, I got a picture of him because I brought my uh, Quantum Defender. So he's holding it up as, you know, I'm, I'm posing next to him. And then right after that, right after I met with Dan, I got into the line for uh, the Zoo Rangers and got their autographs. So that was pretty cool. It was uh, definitely a fun time meeting them. Got a hug from Reiko Chiba. It's always great meeting these actors I haven't met before, and definitely a fun time. So next is the panels. Towards the end of this episode, we are actually going to have audio highlights from every panel that I attended. So that's the uh, Turbo Q&A panel, the MMPR panel, the Batty panel, which was supposed to be MMPR Batty, but they also had Vernon Wells there for some reason. (laughs) Maybe just because he was a Batty. The Paul Freeman Q&A, which was grossly unattended. That actually made for a really good, more personal experience. Austin St. John Q&A, and finally from Sunday, the Zoo Ranger Q&A. Was you at David's Q&A? No, I actually missed David Yost's Q&A because... I had to completely check out of the hotel and move all my stuff out of the room. So, unfortunately, I missed that one. It was deep. It was deep. (laughs) Still fun, though. Okay. (laughs) It seems like Lexington recorded all of their panels, which is amazing because not a lot of cons do that. Like, they might tape it, but they'll never post it anywhere. Right. And LexCon so far has a, a lot of panels up on their YouTube page. So I thought that was really cool. And it's not just one camera. They've got, like, multiple cameras and different angles and nice cuts. So I'm actually really impressed with that. 
Did you guys attend any panels? And if so, what did you think of them? Sadly enough, no, I did not get to attend any panels. That's the unfortunate side effect of getting into the show for free as an exhibitor, but also having Mm -hmm. to work. So I was rather disappointed. From what I understand, all the ones you've mentioned were very good. Yes, and you can hear our complete coverage (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the show. Well, I have been watching some of the LexCon videos, too. Like, I watched the villains panel with Kerrigan and everybody talking about the big news information drop he was dropping. Yeah, which LexCon just, you know, whatever, posted. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how Kerrigan's going to feel about that. You know, I told Fielding about that the next day, too, and he was like, really? He what like he was he was shocked that kerrigan had that information so wow that's uh that's pretty crazy i would imagine that kerrigan would have that information especially since apparently goldar is going to be the main villain of this reboot movie yes that's pretty crazy rj how about you me and talisman over at toku nation uh we attended the turbo panel and then what else did I get? I think I went to MMPR and the Baddies panel, which mm-hmm. were all pretty fun in their own right. What else? Well, the After Dark. Oh, yes. Yes, that. Oh, <laughs> God, I love that panel. That is the best That is the best thing about that commission. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> just The highlights were Kerrigan, Mayhem, and Dan Southworth. That was just the highlights of it. <laughs> then I got the – I think I got – there Sunday just after the David Yost panel had started because me and dad kind of woke up late from our hotel but the Austin St. John panel was probably the funnest one of the weekend just because mm-hmm. of that story he told about the ATVs filming the three part season, season two yeah yeah that was funny as hell because that sounds like some shit I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt, how about you? I think I pretty much attended all the panels besides the Balkan Skull panel because I was actually going to go down to the con floor and uh, get some final purchases. But uh, yeah, like I'll say, the best one was probably probably the After Dark panel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I completely I lost like a partial of my voice. After that panel, because I remember like getting out of the shower trying to go, woo, and I was like, wow, that should have been louder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the After Dark panel was one that we couldn't record just because that's one of the rules of of the panel. But man, that was that was hilarious. Um, I'd say the best. I'd say the best story from that is what Dan Southworth said about uh, font. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) David Yost panel. What it was pretty much about. People asked him about like how the like, Saban teased the audience back in the day about how Billy would become a Blue Ranger, but that's the time when Billy was actually going to leave the show, pretty much. And uh, um, not the Blue Ranger, but the Gold Ranger. Yeah, Gold Ranger. Ranger my bad. Oh, okay. And then they was talking about how David was talking about like when he was coming out as a gay person, how people would feel or treat him like when he came out because he said he's something about going to IHOP with his mom today. And mm-hmm. his mom's like, well, do you have anything to tell me? So he said he just started breaking down crying and finally told her. And she's like, well, you know, I'm okay with that. And then he, he said that he got back. He got back home to L.A., I think. And uh, he said he missed a call by his dad. And his dad said, you know what? You're, you're still our son. We love you either way. So he's pretty much told you, telling people that are afraid to come out because they're afraid what people are going to say to them is, you know, just just be yourself, accept yourself, don't worry about know what nobody says. It was a deep panel for especially for him and a lot of other people that was in there. Wow, I'm really sorry I missed that. Wow, that's sounded like a really good one. 
my highlights were definitely the After Dark panel. Just all the stories. I really liked the whole interaction with uh, Kerrigan uh, getting Barbara Goodson <laughs> on the phone. That was that was crazy. <laughs> And then, you know, him doing the voice multiple times. But then the back and forth teasing and rivalry that he seemed to have with Dan Southworth. I thought that was hilarious. Like oh, he called him it. he called him Joe from Bonanza at one point, and then Dan was like, Is anyone in this audience even gonna know what Bonanza <laughs> is? And everyone just started busting out laughing. <laughs> it was just like Kerrigan was like, you know, I don't even know this dude, but I love him. <laughs> And and that was the thing. I went back to Kerrigan's booth on on Sunday, and the first thing he asked me, he's like, who was that guy at the After Dark? And I said, oh, you mean the the guy in the black t-shirt? He's like, yeah. I said, that's Dan Southworth. He was uh, the Quantum Ranger in Time Force. And and Kerrigan was like, oh, one of those later seasons. (laughs) (laughs) so i just i thought that was hilarious that panel was my my favorite but i also really enjoyed the paul freeman q a it was sunday morning when pretty much half the hotel was checking out at that time so there was only at most 30 people for that panel so he was just chilling with the audience and talking with us and a lot of really cool Indiana Jones movie information. And I think I was pretty much the only one, uh, aside from Lisa J over at No Pink Spandex, who was moderating the panel. I was the only one asking the Ivan News questions. <laughs> but that was a really, I thought that was a really great panel. And yeah, and then the Zoo Rangers, just to see them and to hear their stories about filming the show was pretty incredible. And I really liked that behind-the-scenes video they showed of all the different stunts that they were doing and that they did themselves. That was, that was really neat. I, I enjoyed that panel very well. Next, here's the big thing, why we're all broke. No, I'm <laughs> Purchases. why you're all broke. Yeah. What? I'm why you're all broke. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about uh, purchases and hauls. So, Jordan... What did you end up getting? I don't think it's fair for me to go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, RJ? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I got a couple. The I'm not sure what the name is. Jordan, you'll know because you watched Drive. The Police Shift Car. Justice Hunter. That's it. I got the candy toy version of it because I might not watch Drive, but I'll buy the police theme crap. I got a Jungle Fury Wolf Morpher for $15. Holy shit, a holy grail is obtained. I got a... Go Ride Changer, The Last Day of the Con, the Thunder Morpher from Ninja Storm in pretty good shape. And one of the more noticeable purchases was the Power Morphicon coin from Henshin Vault, thanks to Jordan. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, how about you? Well, first comment is beginner's luck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I scored a, uh, a Legacy Morpher for 60 bucks off of Isaiah. I scored that. I bought two shirts. I bought the Forever Red shirt at the front desk, I guess you can call that. And I bought the Lexington uh, Comic Con coin. I got like five Zeo Rangers, one, like the ones for the Zeo Jet Cycles. I've actually been looking for those now. And I think that's pretty much it. Besides like the two shirts that I got. But like I said, it was a beginner's luck. <laughs> 
Well, and then you got that sweet armored Red Ranger signed oh, yeah, by Austin St. John. Yeah, that that was that was amazing. I was just like, yo, if I get called, I'm going for that because I, I already had I have the Red Ranger somewhere. For me, I got all of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers battle bikes, thanks to Jordan and his egging, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. You're welcome. But the those were a really good price, actually. So I'm I'm quite happy with them. And the fact that they'll go well with my figure arts, I think that's pretty cool. All of the autographs I got this weekend, of course. Something kind of odd that the Zoo Ranger guests gave out to people that were in their line. It was a small paper bag, and in it was a flyer for Spicy Sauce Co. Hot Soy Sauce. And the flyer had the different color bottles of the soy sauce but they were all the different Power Ranger color bottles. And the logo was a rip off the Power Rangers logo. And so it was so random to get something from a guest. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. I think maybe that was like a Japanese honor thing. Like, well, we're so honored to be here. Here's a gift for you as well. So I thought that was kind of cool. All the VIP swag stuff, uh, the shirt, all that stuff. I got a Sid Lockseed from Japan Hero Collectibles uh, for a really good price, actually. The Lexington coin that I think, yeah, we all got now. <laughs> and there was some free swag they were giving away at the CW booth that was upstairs for the convention. So I got like an iZombie poster, an Arrow poster, the iZombie brains. Oh, and I got a little from Jordan. I got the little common Rider Fies minifigure. Oh, the 66 action, yeah. Yeah, the 66 action, which I had a lot of fun with taking some different pictures, and I think that started my bug to collect all of those. So, yeah. (laughs) Glad I could be of service. (laughs) Yes. And, okay, so Jordan, what did you get? You made out like a bandit. I did. I uh, again. I do this pretty often. So uh, I was. I, I I did spend a bit of money, quite a bit, but I also traded quite a bit of things with the guys at Ranger Stop to get some stuff right up until the last couple minutes of the show. Um, nice. Okay. Just I'll run down it quick. I got a vintage Rito Revolto figure. I mm-hmm. got a vintage Ivan Ooze figure. Uh, Super Legends Lord Zed. Uh, a vintage Blue Centurion. I got a the Zio reissue of Goldar, which I then got signed by Kerrigan. Nice. Um, I got a vintage King Ranger with uh, Ole Bazooka figure. It's really more for kickback than it is for me, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also got the Hinchin Vault Gold Ranger belt buckle replica. I bought one of the Power Morphicon coins and then subsequently talked Uchi and uh, Kentucky Jam uh, to buy the last two that they had in existence. Uh, I got two of the Lexicon exclusive power coins, one to give away for the site, a, nice. a DX G phone from Gal Ranger, a masterpiece G2 sideswipe, um, an Art of Transformers Prime hardcover, a Voltron hardcover, a Taco Tank set from Beast Wars Second. Uh, I got Beast Wars Neo Heinrich. And I got the generic Mecha Robo Key from the, that Bandai Premium Ranger Key set. Good lord. Oh, and a, oh wait, wait, wait. And a Legacy Dragon Sword and a Combiner Wars Optimus Prime. There you and go. My wallet just went. My <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Burning well, a little bit. Didn't you win the Henshin Vault? 
Oh, I did. Uh, they had four items for raffle, and one person won two of them, that being the Legacy Morpher and a set of SH Figure Arts Akiba Rangers. That was not me. I was not that person. I won an Armored Might Red Ranger and a Gose Morpher that I then rolled into a trade with the Ranger Stop guys for that vintage Ivan Ooze. Nice. Very nice. Sweet. Oh, and ah. in the funny thing. Oh. <laughs> sorry. No, this is really funny. When I went to, to go up to registration to pay for our prepay for our booth for next year, um, yeah. one of the organizers was like walking by up to the counter to talk to her people, and she dropped a pen, and she was like, oh, will you get that for me? And they just kind of looked at her and like laughed. So I bent over and picked it up for her, and she said, well, thank you. This That's, that's chivalry. And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, clearly it's deserving of a free T-shirt, right? And then I get done filling my paperwork out, and they just gave me a VIP T-shirt for free. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, man. I cleaned up. I had a really good show this year. so. Yeah, it seems like it. Holy crap. Yeah, now that we're all broke, let's talk about our overall impressions of the convention, con organization, maybe some good, or if there were any negative points. My overall impression was that it was still a good show, especially if you like this kind of stuff. The organization seemed to be a bit better this year. I liked the multicolored badges that they used, clearly, or I wouldn't have them all. <laughs> but I, I like that system being in place. I, it just, yeah. you know, it, it's not something you could really repeat for years after that because unless you mix the colors, because people could just wear the old ones, and if you're not paying attention, they can get in. But overall, I thought it was organized very well. The panels were maybe a little too close together, I think, to really be able to make it to all of them and enjoy them. Um, right. You know, if you wanted to go to one or two at a time, it was fine. But if you wanted to go to, say, the Austin St. John panel and, like, the the Zero Ranger panel right after one another, you know, you were kind of, uh, you know, up the creek without a paddle on those because you would not be able to make it to them. But overall, it was it organized very well. It seemed less crowded, and as Jordan said, I guess the attendance was a bit lower than last year. But since they had the upstairs con floor, it kind of felt like everybody wasn't all squished in the uh, main con floor. Mm -hmm. So it felt like you had more room to kind of look around and see what you want to buy. I thought that was a very great idea for the convention. I have not seen a lot of conventions do that, where they have basically two separate dealer areas and i thought that was very nice and it, it was definitely a good way to get a break from the main hall yeah, downstairs I, I would disagree only a little bit as someone who does do these things as an exhibitor what you run into is if you're one of the unlucky people who winds up being stuck taking a booth upstairs versus the main show floor you have much right. you have much yeah. less traffic and in the case of the Lexington Convention Center it's just not all that easy to get to without going through the main lobby and if as oh, yeah. i mean as you can see like when people come into the convention itself they're kind of like narrowed down to that one set of doorway uh, mm -hmm. that go past the elevator that takes you up to that floor so it's kind of hard to get to it unless you go up two sets of escalators further out in the lobby <laughs> So it's it can be a little bit of an inconvenience, but as a retailer, you see less business when you're split up like that. Right, I yeah, I, I can see that point, too. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, not to cut um, you off, RJ. Oh, Any more thoughts? Uh, that's fine. I'd also have to say, since they had the bigger ballroom for mostly the PR panels this year, it felt like they had that you know set up a bit more. Everybody, they didn't have to turn anybody away for the After Dark panel, because I think last year they turned away a lot of people. 
for the after yeah, dark. and and for 2013, it was a much smaller space, and yeah. the, it was like standing room only, and they were turning people away left and right. So I'm really glad that they packed that panel. Yeah, it was good for that, and uh, since it, they did kind of have all the PR panels in that room, even though they were kind of right after one another, but they were in the same room, so you didn't really have to mm-hmm. move much. But pretty good con overall, though. Nice, Matt. Well, let's see. For my first Comic Con convention, I have to say it, it was it was pretty good, especially having uh, access to the VIP pass. It made it a lot easier just to be able to get through and out of the mm-hmm. uh, out of the con. And thanks, by the way, for that. Oh yeah, no problem. Other than that, I had a blast. I plan on going again, probably to 2017. 2017 is probably my next trip to Lexington. Yeah, because with 2016 you got Paramorphicon, so gotta save up for that. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where all my extra money's going to. Yeah, definitely. Overall, I thought Lexington knocked it out of the park this year. Again, it really impressed me that they got the most of the entire space for that convention center. It was very well laid out. I didn't have any problem finding any of the guests or any of the booths or anything like that. So it was definitely well laid out. I thought the traffic it wasn't terrible. Saturdays are going to be packed for any convention. I really liked how they did registration this year. I thought that was very well organized. My only thing there is I wish that maybe the VIP access on Friday for preview night started a little earlier because having the registration open up at 2, you know, you got to wait like 4 hours before you can really do anything. So I don't know. For me, I I would think maybe moving up the preview night by an hour or two would be nice. And I have to agree with you guys about the panel organization, especially with the Power Rangers stuff. Uh, Having a few back-to-back, and that's why I missed uh, the David Yost panel, since it was right after the Paul Freeman. So I, I was bummed that I missed that, but, I mean, what can you do? But I thought it worked out in some advantages, because, like, for the... Zoo Ranger panel being right after Austin St. John, even though they said clear the room, I didn't clear the room because I was like, okay, I'm pressed, so I can just stay in here, right? But at the same time, Austin went over on his panel and was doing that raffle. So I was just like, oh, yeah, I've got a raffle. I'll just stay here. And then <laughs> when they cleared out, they let the people who were lining up for the Zoo Ranger panel in, and I just I booked it to that second row. But I think it sucks if you want to attend both, that if you're just a regular attendee and they say clear out the room and you have to clear out, well, now you're all the way in the back of the Zoo Ranger panel line. So I can see that being a problem for most people. So I would say maybe stagger the Power Ranger panels, at least break them up in between, Uh, like put a panel in between each one. And finally, any favorite standout moments at your time at the convention? Well, I think my favorite moment was our coloring with a K with Kerrigan, honestly. Um, That's probably my favorite thing that we did. Mine too. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously hanging with you guys, seeing other friends on Twitter and getting able to meet them for the first time. So overall, that's pretty much my favorite moments. It's because of my friends. I'd have to say the same thing. I mean, meeting the ASJ and them, that was awesome. But just getting to finally meeting you and uh, meeting Jordan again. And I also met uh, Josh and Logan from the Just Us Geeks, uh, mm-hmm. where I do the Toku Tuesday articles. It's just 
fun time to hang out with friends more than it is anything. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I might have to agree with all you guys. Like interacting with like people from Twitter and all that, and getting to take pictures of all the cosplayers. It, it, it made the con like a lot of fun. It really did. Can I say I had a runner-up when it was uh, meeting sure. meeting Ranger Grant for the first time? Because oh yeah, because we were just walking down the show floor, and I was doing Twitter posts for the the Toku Nation Twitter. And I just looked over at his phone and I saw that he was like thumbing through and I was like, Oh, are you reading my posts? And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, you're just, are you reading my posts as I put them up? He's like, that's you. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm in charge of the account today. And he's like, Oh, you take all the pictures. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, that's me. And then he's, like, he's like frantically looking at the pictures on his phone. He's like, these, you did these. And I was like, yes, I am Den O. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk with Grant tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't make it tonight. But this was my first time seeing Grant in literally 10 years. I first met him back at YomaCon 2005 when, that had all the SPD Rangers at. And back then, he was like 12 years old. So he was just this little kid. And then uh, meeting him again, that was like the first thing I said to him. I'm like, damn, you really grew up. (laughs) (laughs) So also hanging out with him uh, in addition with you guys, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, it was just, it was a great con experience overall. And uh, it was really fun. So finally, uh, we're going to read our, we, we got a few answers for our Ranger Nation ass where we asked, what was your favorite moment of LexCon? So on Twitter, House Dragonface at Carrie Clan said, From the other side of the internet, the biggest thing that stuck out was the cosplay. All of it was top. And I have to agree, there is some amazing cosplay out there. Yes, there was a lot of good cosplay. I think particularly the Japan Hero people had new costumes on every day at their booth. Yeah, and I know both of them. And yeah, I mean, their costumes were incredible. And you guys, everyone should go check out Japan Hero Collectibles. They've got some really good stuff. I'd say the best two cosplays that I've seen was probably the Geki cosplayer and the Astronomer cosplayer. Those two were, like, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I saw Burai cosplayer, my friend uh, Lehman uh, was that guy yeah that was really cool a lot of very talented ranger cosplays out there saw some dino charge slash kiruger suits which was really cool too next ranger girl and gokai ranger that's liz i had the pleasure of meeting her and her husband at the convention very nice people she said one was when i found my phone after losing it at a bar two was meeting people i've been tweeting with for a while Three, walking around as Super Mega Force Yellow, taking pics with so many fans and kids. The kids' faces were priceless. And four, the best, someone told me Zordon was looking for us in suit and wants us to see him. I was summoned by Zordon. (laughs) (laughs) And then Matt at Zero the Hero, I also got to meet him. He's a fun guy. He said, meeting the guests from Japan... They were incredibly nice and seemed to genuinely love meeting everyone. And then finally on Facebook, Darren Moser at Dr. Sci-Fi said, My favorite part was experiencing it vicariously through Ranger Command and Ranger Nation on Twitter. 
that and any Goldar sound clips. <laughs> yeah, I actually seen a video on Facebook of uh, they have like Paul Freeman doing a line, and they would go to Kerrigan and have him like continue that line. It was when the Rangers got to the Ninja Zord in the movie. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I enjoyed that, that just that little clip. Yeah, and the couple times I heard Paul Freeman do Ivan Ooze was at the MMPR panel, which he ended up kind of crashing because he originally wasn't supposed to be on the panel. And he did my absolute two favorite lines from the movie, Where's My Autograph Book and I Smell Teenagers. And it was just, it was hilarious. And I'm (laughs) I'm actually glad I have that audio. (laughs) Well, guys, I want to thank you for being on the show today and also hanging out at Lexington. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was. I had a blast. And then Power Morphicon next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. PMC or bust. <laughs> I'm still not sure if I can get there, but I will try to. Just get extra tips at the Olive Garden. Oh, <laughs> that was another one of my uh, halls. It was the Olive Garden koozie. Maybe I should oh, yeah, I got one of those, too. Yeah, but see, I work in the back on the line. I don't get tips. I should try and be a server, though. But, you know, I'm just going to work my ass off. I'm so not driving that far, so I'll find a cheap airplane. Hey, man, flights to San Diego this year were murder, so I I look forward to flying to Pasadena on a week when it's not a huge international convention, so the tickets won't be outrageous again. Right. Oh, good Lord. All right. Well, thank you, guys. And until next time, adios. Yeah. Woo. Yup. Hey, where are you going? There's still more Ranger Command Power Hour, including my LexCon talk with Ranger Grant and the best of the Lexington Comic and Toy Con Power Ranger panels. Hey. What's up, Eric? How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks. I got a little bit of a sore throat going on. It started today. I don't know if it's that con crud or what yeah it might be you know i'm sure the convention was not the most sanitary place (laughs) exactly so how's it going uh pretty good it's kind of hectic you know being right back at school after spring break and then like yesterday was saint patrick's day and yeah pretty crazy yeah just crazy couple weeks trying to cram a lot of Yeah, I hear you. So, I already did the news, and unless you wanted to comment on any of that, the episode titles or James Galen returning to Power Rangers. It's cool that we're getting, you know, this Gold <laughs> Ranger arc. It's really cool. I mean, when was the last time we had an arc like this for a buildup of a sixth Ranger? Right. It's been a while. Yeah, maybe Gem and Gemma, they do they kind of have a little arc? But I'd say, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Not much, if anything. But I mean, you know, they just touched upon it in this episode this weekend, and now it looks like all these descriptions kind of mention it. Yeah, it's like, well, all three of them end with the word Terrazord. <laughs> so it's more like the focus on the Zord than the actual Ranger, which I think is interesting. Yeah, because none of them actually mention gold ranger and it sucks because you know the 10th episode it's probably going to be on this big cliffhanger right before the huge hiatus did they confirm that the hiatus is after 10 uh it's looking like that's going to be the case Okay. last year they only did up to i think it was eight episodes last year right right but there also weren't holiday specials last year yeah that's true they may be doing a a couple more here to fill in the holiday specials right i mean at least if we got 11 because i would think they would want to introduce gold before summer just for like toy sale reasons yeah that's true but none of the gold ranger stuff i don't think any of that's coming until the fall okay Maybe it'll be just in time for when he debuts. 
And now I don't watch Kuriuger, but did Cyan debut before Gold? Yes, but it looks like with the episode descriptions, they're going to introduce the Zord first, but not the Ranger. Okay. And there was that throwaway line that Kendall said that, you know, when an Energem is claimed, the Zord awakens. So if the Zord is awake, that means there's a Ranger out there somewhere already active. Truth. It's going to be interesting. They're really doing their own story with this, which I think is great. PR is always better when it does its own thing, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what about James Galen coming back? I know we talked about this a little bit over the weekend, but, uh, I mean, I think it's great. You know, I think he's been in almost every Disney season, maybe save for one or two. Yeah, pretty much as, you know, a voice or at least a monster. actor. Yeah. Hopefully that just means if we do get our dino battle... At some point next year, we see uh, a... <laughs> yes, Zeltrax. Yeah. Th- that would be awesome. That would be really cool. Ever since this story broke, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, he's Shelby's dad. Does that mean that's also... Truman? Yeah. Is it her brother, Scott? I don't think Shelby has... I think it's Shelby Watkins. Yeah. Not Shelby Truman. So, I don't know. People are... Kind of going a little crazy with that for some reason. My gut says it'll be a new character. He'll be playing a new character, but yeah, maybe they'll give him like a goatee. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so LuxCon, man, have you ever been to this particular convention before? I have not. This was my first convention at all in just about ten years. <laughs> okay, well, okay. For those that are listening, a little backstory. I met Grant in 2005 at Yomacon with the SPD Rangers that were there. I mean, you're just a little kid. You were like a little, yeah, you're two years older than my brother. So I took my brother to the convention too, and that was his first convention. So was Yomacon your first ever convention? Yep. uh, It wasn't until that summer before that uh, my aunt, Kim had even told me about the convention scene and that that was even a thing. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> As a 12-year-old kid, I mean, just like my brother who was 10 at the time, that just must have been insane for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially since it was a very intimate convention with the SPD cast, I felt like. Oh, yes. Very, very much so. Like, we got to really spend, we really got to, like, hang out with them. And, you know, they even came and kind of partied with us like (laughs) i guess i wasn't really partying i was just 12 but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was crazy because i mean they had two panels that weekend and um i remember during the second panel they're like all right so we're back at it again like are we gonna have anything to talk about right right so that was pretty crazy in those 10 years you've never really gone to any more conventions or i mean you know i was still young you know yeah most of that i wanted to it just i never really got the money to and you know morphicon was just kind of way out of the question because it would involve flying and whatnot (laughs) um but earlier i was thinking about maybe making power morphicon 5 my return to the convention scene but Mm -hmm. uh, i mean once i figured out that i could make lexicon work i'm really happy that i ended up coming to lexicon this year oh yeah definitely which actors did you meet this weekend, and did you get any autographs or mementos or anything like that? I at least talked to all the Ranger actors mm-hmm. so, and uh, the Sentai actors, so that was pretty awesome, because 
None of them were at Uicon, so I hadn't met any of them prior right. to this. Autographs, I got a couple from David Yost, a couple from Polly and Jason Narvi, Paul Freeman, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. And then I got a really cool professional photo with Austin St. John, David Yost, Walter Jones, Karen Ashley, and Catherine Sutherland. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. It's like a kind of a full MMPR team, in a sense. Yeah, there you go. So out of all of them, was there any experience meeting any of the actors that probably was your favorite? Or I just think Polly and Jason are just like a riot all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. And it, it was <laughs> hilarious. Just even just coming to their booth, they had this couch behind their booth that they were just cutting up with an exacto knife and scribbling all over and just (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a tradition the couch of doom that was a tradition they started back at the 2013 con which i was at and by the end of that convention that couch was absolutely destroyed every year since then they've they've brought back the tradition that's awesome for them keep it going you know (laughs) yeah exactly And then let's talk about the panels. Which panels did you go to? And did you have any favorite moments or uh, overall favorite panels? I think I went to all of the Ranger-related ones. I'm trying to think if there were any I did not go to. Yeah, as far as I know, I think I went to all the Ranger-related ones. I think my favorite had to have been After Dark, just because Oh yeah, (laughs) I had never been to an After Dark panel before. And, you know, it really lives up to its name of just laughs all night and (laughs) you really see another side of some of the actors (laughs) yeah the first after dark i went to again it was 2013 lexington but i thought this one topped it by far that's awesome i mean it was completely hilarious and you never know what you're going to get every time. And it's it's different every single time. And we didn't even know who was going to be there. And right. the panel had over doubled from the time it started by the time it was over. It, it was really <laughs> awesome. Just, you know, people just kept walking in the door. We were The crowd would roar. A lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about the After Dark panel. It's like you never know what you're going to get. You never know who's going to unexpectedly show up. Uh, every time there was an entrance made, I mean, the jokes were flying and. It was really cool. And then it wouldn't be a convention without buying stuff. Destroying our wallets. Oh, yeah, God. Uh, I blame Jordan for most of that, for at least my wallet damage. (laughs) So what did you end up buying Uh, at the con? So that, that professional photo was probably the biggest expense that was, you know, since it had all five actors in it, they all got it cut of it and then you know you gotta pay the photography company too but you know in the end it's not every day that you get to take a photo like that with five power rangers and then you know the rest of autographs and photos um but then actual like physical halls uh jc's convention coin was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. i also got that black ranger challenge coin he makes i think he makes a challenge coin for each of the mighty Morphers. yes that was pretty cool i got an aka ninja vinyl figure and an eight inch zeo ranger four with both of its accessories so that was pretty exciting i really like that figure that you got that was a good find. yeah i mean and had it not had the accessories i don't know if i picked it up but that was really cool for 10 bucks it had both of them yeah that was pretty sweet 
Yeah, so the Black Ranger Challenge coin, well, you were showing me pictures uh, over that weekend, and you have a, a really nice Atom display. Thank you. So it's going there, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to put it next to the Black Ranger key on one side and then have the, his other two Ranger keys on the other side. So I'm, nice. I won't be able to put it there until I get back home after exams, but I'm looking forward to it. Now, what was your overall impression of the con and any thoughts on like con organization and, you know, maybe the good, the bad, what you liked, what you didn't? You know, I mean, I, I guess I really don't have too many cons to, to compare it to, like I said, only right. one 10 years ago. But I thought for the most part, everything was pretty organized. I mean, pa- all the panels happened on time. Most of the Rangers were there, like, Friday night and at their booths most of the day. I went and got that professional photo op that happened on time. So kudos to you, Lexington. Uh, You did a pretty good job with this convention. Anything I'd change about it? They seem to manage the chaos pretty well, the most chaos being on Saturday, I think. Any Saturday for any convention is going to be the craziest. But, yeah, I I think they handled it really well. I think so, too. How about you? Is there anything that you Um, thought they could have done better? Yeah, well, we were talking about this yesterday, the rest of the guys, uh, last night. But I was thinking maybe not have some of the Power Ranger panels back-to-back because I, I think they pretty much clear the room every time unless you're, you know, press or something like that. So it kind of sucks if, you know, you're on one panel and they say, you know, get out. And then the line for the other panel has already lined up out the door. So I I thought maybe they could work that out, spread the MMPR, like maybe have a buffer panel in between each one. Yeah. Just so people have a chance to line up and have a chance to see all of them. I know I missed the David Yost one right after the Paul Freeman Q&A, just because I had to check out of my hotel room and get everything to the van. So I'm sorry that I missed that one, because it seemed like from what people were telling me about that panel, that seemed like a really amazing panel. Yeah, David Yost was getting kind of deep on us with some of the questions he was was asked. But yeah, on Sunday they had five... I guess, Ranger-related panels back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back all in the same room. And I know they were trying to kick people out, like, between them. But to be honest, I never left that room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I I guess they just really wanted to clear, just so that people weren't standing around who weren't sticking around for the next panel. But And then even the times, I think, after one or or two of the panels, I asked, uh, if I'm staying, can I stay? And they were all like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, So... (laughs) I don't know if that was on if that was just poor communication on their part or if I was just lucky, but yeah, and I know after the ASJ panel they had the Zoo Rangers right after, right, and you know they were kind of doing like the raffle for ASJ towards the end as they were setting up for Zoo Rangers, and they're like, oh, only stay if you're for the raffle, and I'm kind of like, I'm not for the raffle, but I'm staying. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I kind of took a quick peek out the door, and yeah, the line for Zoo Ranger was really huge, and yeah. I'm like, there's no way. So when the ASJ people cleared out, I jumped in that second row, and then it's like that's when they unleashed the floodgates, and everyone was like, boom. So, yeah, it's it was a little crazy. So I think a buffer might be good. Maybe spread it out a bit more. Like Yeah, having five Ranger panels on Sunday I thought was pretty crazy. Right, and especially there were only two plus After Dark on Saturday. Like, 
yeah. know, I think they could have maybe balanced that out a little bit. But aside from that, that was really my only issue with the convention. I actually liked the upstairs small vendor hall. It was kind of a nice break from the main hall. I like that too. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan was saying it might not be good for some of the exhibitors in terms of traffic or, or whatever, but every time I went up there, I thought it was fairly well packed. Yeah, definitely. As, like, as far as that room could be packed, I thought so too. Yeah. It's just, there's no real easy way to get up there from the main floor. Right, right, right. They have that bank of elevators, but that's kind of like outside the main entrance uh, of for the other hall. And otherwise, if you didn't take the elevator, you have to go up, you know, two escalator flights in in the main lobby. So, I don't know, maybe if they could figure out a better way to do that. Yeah, and I'm sure that was just trying to work with the venue they were that they were at. But uh, oh yeah, um, it was just. I, I also thought it was weird that if you were leaving that downstairs hall, it was almost like you were leaving where you checked in, and then oh yeah, to go upstairs. I thought that was kind of weird. I mean, <laughs> I guess they had to put it somewhere and. That probably made the most sense. Other than that, I thought it was damn well organized. Yeah, I've heard some stories of some people saying other conventions in the past have just been messes all around and just the staff Mm. not knowing what they're doing or what's going on. And I didn't really see much of that this weekend, which is awesome. All of the panels started on time. Yeah, Um, yeah. There there was no crazy panel schedule changes at the last minute. So, yeah, I thought it worked out really well. Definitely. Definitely. Last thing, what were some of your just overall favorite moments of the convention? A few things. I mean, first off, just getting back in the convention scene and seeing people mm-hmm. like you and and Mike and Lisa J and Jer, all those people who I met back at Yumacon 10 years ago and haven't seen since. I thought that was awesome. And then, you know, meeting some of the new fans, too, that I had never met before. You know, all the cast and crew, they're all amazing people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all so kind or making us laugh. It actually seem like they genuinely care about their fans, which is always great. And then just like I mentioned, like the panels, especially after dark. And I thought I thought Bulk and Skull was pretty funny. Uh, too bad you couldn't, didn't get to stick around for that one. Yeah. You, as you can imagine, just Polly and Jason up there being goofballs for an hour. <laughs> Although even without their panel, uh, I still got a decent amount of them during <laughs> the other yeah, panels. Yeah, yeah. The Zhu Rangers, you know, they were very, they seemed very appreciative of their fans over in the United States and, you know, very humbled to be there at their first U.S. convention. Yeah, it was overall, it was a really great weekend. Here's to more conventions, you know, I hope oh, Lexington yeah. next year gets just as awesome as Ranger lineup and I'm sure Morphicon next year too will have a massive guest list. Yeah, if it was anything like last year, it's going to be insane. Right. <laughs> right, right. And then just hope, you know, more. I get to come out and meet more fans and hang out. It, it was a lot of fun. I, it was sad when it was over on Sunday. I was sad when I was driving away. I'm like, oh, there's all my friends. Right, Bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grant, where can people find you online? Uh, mostly right now, I'm just on Twitter at Ranger Grant. Easy enough. Follow me on there. I've been better about tweeting. I have some pics of my displays, like the Adam one we mentioned, and uh, mm-hmm. just trying to tweet more often now. Awesome. Well, Grant, thanks for sharing your thoughts on Lexington, and it was great seeing you again after all this time, and I'm glad you're back into the fandom and back on the convention scene. Thank you for having me, Eric. It was great to see you as well, and here's to an awesome years to come. (laughs) Exactly. All right, man. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. 
Next up is the best of the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention Power Rangers panels. First up is the Turbo Q&A panel. about 
three hours just to do. And they kept switching out the babies because when we were like, So they built it from scratch. Manual. They they had um, like a they would have a, a real car, and then they had someone build onto it like the back that the guy who did a back wheel. Yeah, he he came in and fitted them out to make it look like this. George Barris. George Barris. they give you when you created the character of Diva oh, Tox? I mean, there was a whole script and they showed me drawings of what she would look like. Okay. Because um, they knew that I was in the Groundlings doing comedy and problem things, they sort of trusted me and I just would start improvising and they would just say, go with it, go with it. And Shuki, who ended up directing it, and I had some, it was a really great connection and he would, we just knew, he just knew I could, you know, we just had a great kind of uh, chemistry and he would just let me go crazy and say whatever I wanted to say. And I was feeling really evil because I was pregnant in a freaking costume and feel like just flying out of my mouth. <laughs> if you guys have to really just say your absolute favorite episode of the time that y'all was all on the show, what would you say was your favorite episode and why? 
Because basically, you're doing shows like this that are based on the previous Japanese series, and those individual series have no relation to each other. It's really, like, it's tough. You know, we don't have a Star Trek universe where everything kind of makes sense in the grand scheme of things, you know? There's real problems with some of the stories and, and, and how they might work together or not work together, so that's why, really. Be our spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I get another foot of table? <laughs> you earned it. You earned it. Next is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Q and A panel. So how y'all doing today? <laughs> I got a question for you. Anybody know what time it is? It's <laughs> time. That's right. I like it. I like it too. David has spoken. Yes. What was your experience in these suits? Ooh, what, was Which that, one? what was that experience in the suits? Well, the suits are, are not the most comfortable things to wear. Uh, and they zip up in the back, like this. So, so you can't get out of it by yourself. You need help. Like, like, somebody, I gotta go to the bathroom. Excuse me. Could you get this help? Release me from the suit. Please release me. Let me go. Now, but there, it, and, and when it's in the morning time, when we shoot in the morning, it's really cold and kind of wet. Like, we'd be shooting wet grass, and it would be really cold. But then when in the, in the summertime, when it got hot, and, and especially hot. since I had the black suit, the sun on the black Sweaty. suit is really hot. It's really hot. Hard to bring out a moral when you're fighting, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, Mr. Paul Freeman. Mr. Paul Freeman, when you joined the cast of uh, Power Rangers for the feature film that we did in the in the mid to late '90s, did you have any idea of what you were getting into? <laughs> I didn't. Have, thank you. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have any idea then, and I don't have any idea now. <laughs> Do you guys love Ivanos? <laughs> First off, you people don't age, so thank you for giving us hope. I'm a teacher in a uh, county in eastern Kentucky, and I asked this. question to my 8th graders and my seniors at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, and I would be interested to hear from you all if your experience as a Power Ranger or your experience with kind of this like cultural phenomenon thus far, or a novel, or a short story, what would the moral be and why? Oh, now I'm going to ask the best question. I would say it, 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 it goes to a quote that I actually say regularly, life is the adventure you create for yourself. And that would be what it is. For me, just being able to play Billy and watch my character go through the whole arc of the whole time that he was on the show, I mean, if anything, that character taught me just to always accept myself for who I am and believe uh, in myself, no matter what obstacles were coming towards me, no matter who bullied me, 
and uh, threaten me and beat me up. <laughs> Two things I hate, books and nerves. <laughs> and just, you know, I thought it was great morally, too, that Billy was able to have some amazing friends that supported him no matter what, and really helped him develop as a human being. Like, Jason taught Billy how to fight, and Zach probably taught me how to dance at some point. <laughs> just like, you know. Aisha taught him how to kiss. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That was, that was behind the scenes. That wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> the camera was So I, I don't mean to make light of your serious question. It's a great question. So, but anything, for all of us, we should always believe in ourselves and accept who we are, no matter what the world is saying towards us. <laughs> Paul does not know what the heck we are talking about. I'm on another planet, He was Hamlet once. I was just curious, after, after you played Ivan News in the movie, did you ever expect them to come up with another villain based off of Ivan News into the series? I don't think there could be another one based on Ivan News. There's only one Ivan News. Can you still say, can you still say, where's my autograph book? and Walter ended up having to do it. Uh, it's like where you, I think we were turning into apes or something like that. Do you remember that episode? You had to go like this. And I was originally written, that was originally written for Billy to do. And I said uh, to one of the producers, I was like, I don't, I don't think Billy would do that because I was so uncomfortable <laughs> with having to imitate an animal. That reminds me of acting class, you know, where they're like, be a dog, be a lion. And I was like, oh, I can't do that on screen. So uh, they ended up writing it for Zach. So, so I just kind of, you know, yeah, I gave it to Zach. My question is for whoever would like to answer, but basically, do you have like a one really good memory or one really good story from anywhere in your time in Power Rangers that you just like to share? It's very broad, but like a funny story that happened early in the set or anything like that. We, uh, and during the, the original series after the, um, I think, it, was, it might have been after the first season, um, all the original Rangers were invited to go to F.A.O. Schwartz in New York to go promote the toys. And so we went there, and it was they had this huge winter storm, and uh, we would have been, you know, at F.A.O. Schwartz signing autographs, and they had this big, huge rocking chair we all took pictures in, and we'd flown together on this plane there. It was like this, it was like, it was like a field trip of you know, like rangers and we just had this amazing time and 
I got pictures of everybody sleeping on the plane that they don't know about. <laughs> That'll be published in my book later. <laughs> what I remember about that trip too is uh, it was most of our first time in New York City. And it was snowing and freezing, and Amy Jo had been going to school in New York, and so she kind of knew her way around, and she took us to her old school, I think it was AMDA, and we went up on the roof, and this guy, this guy at the end here, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Austin, but like, was giving me and Amy Jo a heart attack, because he was standing up on the ledge of the building, just like balancing himself, like, uh, Do you remember that, Jason? Being crazy. Do you remember that? I do now. <laughs> But I, don't, I just will never forget that because, you know, it was like a tall building and here's Austin just standing on the ledge and I'm like, oh my And we're all gosh. going, what are you doing, man? It's icy. What are you doing? Just stop it. Stop it. You're the Red Ranger. Don't die. <laughs> I think what's beautiful about this situation coming to cons and traveling the country and getting to meet all of you personally and actually, like, seeing you, you know, and getting to connect with you is that you guys have really you know, opened the window to how important the show was to you. Like, we were so excited to be actors, and our dreams were coming true, and we got to go to set every day, and we were so excited that we were able to do this. But I don't know that any of us knew 20 years later this show was still going to mean so much to so many people. So I thank you. I, I tell people all the time, you guys made me fall in love with what we did you know, so long ago. So it's, it's, it's because of you guys that we, now we understand. My question is, what was the artist mission in, on your team? Artist mission. You know what, for me, I think the hardest mission was keeping each and every one of you happy. Yeah. Yeah, because when you come and tell us that you love us, we gotta love you back. So that's hard. How did Billy go from being just, you know, like a regular high school student to like repairing communicators and alpha, all that space technology? Uh, I think Billy's just like uh, a savant, you know? He's like, <laughs> his intelligence is off the charts. And uh, I mean, it, it is pretty amazing when you think about what he was doing in high school. Like, he had a car that could fly. He uh, built communicators that could teleport people. Like, that's a whole molecular structure thing that I don't personally understand. Repairing fully sentient multifunctional automatons. Um, Woo! Yeah. So, yeah, I. It was, uh, it was an honor to play such an amazing character uh, as a C student in real life. Like, uh, because I would have to look up Billy's words in the dictionary to figure out what I was saying. And, uh, you know, try to put it all together and sort of make it sound believable. So, um, what an awesome character. And even though I left the show under bad circumstances, I kind of really like the way that Billy got sent off to another planet because that's such an awesome story arc that, you know, he got to travel space and he's off there. He's probably a Zordon on some other planet somewhere, you know? Unfortunately, I was thinking about what uh, David said at the beginning of the panel of worst questions, so maybe this would qualify. Uh, the veteran may be dead. <laughs> um, are you actually afraid of fish? So, uh, me, David, and Billy Cranston. Me, Austin. <laughs> Are two are two di are two different people, right? So uh, Billy, 
was definitely afraid of fish. Right. I'm just wondering if you actually are. No, I'm a I'm a vegan, so I don't okay. eat I don't eat any animals. So gotcha. I'm not afraid of them. I want to protect them. And I think uh, the way that we destroy animals in this country is disgusting. So if you do not eat meat, try not to eat any animals. Yeah. Austin, were you um, were you disappointed that uh, when you came back to play the Gold Ranger, you only got because you didn't get to do very many episodes and. I was a little disappointed when CO ended so quickly after you came back. Uh, no, there was no disappointment. That was the agreement from the start. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was to come back. I was just wondering if you wanted, if, if like, if you ever wanted to do more episodes, like after you left, it was like, well, it would have been good if I had got to do a little bit more. I'm pretty good at rolling with it. I had, uh, I had made my stand with the guys. I stood for what I believed in. And uh, later they came back and said, hey, you want to do Gold Ranger for 17 episodes? I said, sounds cool. And uh, do you want to be evil in the movie? I was like, that sounds cool. And, uh, <laughs> the box, that was awesome. Time, yeah. And that was that. And speaking of which, Bulk, how could you leave Skull in Lost Galaxy when you took off for the moon? You know, how could you leave Skull? I was so sad I almost cried. When you <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Narvi waited on the show for two, over two years for me when he really wanted to go off and start college. So that two years was a real gift to all of us because we all get to see more episodes with Bulk and Skull, and and it was a real gift for me because you know once you once you send one num nut off, you know <laughs> you kind of saw what happened at the end where it's like yep I'm Ernie at the juice bar. <laughs> so uh, well, thank, thanks again. Guys. Um, how do you? You want me to ask? He wants to know where Billy stayed at in the Zio Command Center because he was there all the time. <laughs> That's a great question, actually. Uh, well, Billy had a little room off to the side. <laughs> actually, uh, in that, in that, when they redid the command center, there really was a little Billy room off to the side, and uh, there was like a little cot back there that I slept on. <laughs> That's called character development. <laughs> That's a great question. And I also just wanted to know, how did you guys' actual martial arts skills come into play when you're on set? So all you guys do more, you did gymnastics and stuff, that's right. Like how much did it come into play when you were actually on set doing martial or doing your scenes and whatnot when you actually had to be martial arts? Well, from, oh, go ahead. From day one, when the five of us were cast, uh, I mean, before I even got hired, I remember the final audition, was in front of the big dogs uh, for Han Saban and 20th Century Fox. We had these massive choreographed fight scenes that really were their final blessing. And they were like, yeah, okay, he could do it, so on and so forth. Anyway, so every day on set, we worked with amazing stunt choreographers like Jeff Pruitt. Uh, Koichi was amazing. And, uh, and you know, every day we used what we had, but every day we, every day we learned more from incredible stunt guys. So it, it was an everyday thing for everybody. I remember that day, I, I remember being impressed because like, we're all, we all the fight, you know, and, and we incorporate gymnastics or whatever, you know, to really show them what our characters could do. And I remember watching Jason fight, uh, and it was like, yeah, that was cool. It was like, yeah, that was a good fight, yeah, you know, so I was like, I just remember being impressed with each of the Rangers and, and what they would bring with it. Like, David would do like a, a round uh, backflip, 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 tuck, and land in karate stance. It was like, Oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. So, yeah, let's go. My question is, what is your favorite line 
from the series slash movie. So everybody can answer this question. I want my mommy. Yeah, I want your mommy. <laughs> Multifunctional automaton. How prodigious. I mean, you were talking to a floating head. I think my, well, you guys already said it. It's time to boogie with the bear. It's walking time! Okay, birthday boy, it's you. buttons on them. One is to speak and one is to teleport. And so when you hear doop 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 doop, that's when we say, what is it, Zordon? And then he usually says, there's peril somewhere in the city. And then you push the other button and it teleports us. And it makes us disappear and we end up in the command center. Is that cool? somebody that goes, dude, you were Power Ranger, I loved you, then I'm still a Ranger. So, I don't feel like I've uh, left being a Ranger. Yeah, same here. Next up is the Power Rangers Baddie panel, featuring Vernon Wells, Robert Axelrod, Barbara Goodson, and Kerrigan Mahan. Well, here we are. Yes, here we are. How are we? Uh, Let's begin. Are we getting questions? Was a, was a, oh, it was a, a, a American invention. 
because the Sabani mentioned was not a super sentai character. Prince really? really? was the other But we never met Prince Jerome. I am good for meeting anybody because my character didn't exist in the series. I'm looking for me, so. I would be standing there looking at the guy. But I did have a funny thing with a Japanese actor. I was talking to him and I said, I'm very famous in America. And he said, why? I said, because I killed the Red Ranger. <laughs> and he just stood there and looked at me and he went, we killed one a week. Never got the opportunity here. What made y'all want to get into Power Rangers as villains? They were Well, we were actors and we were looking for gigs. And this came along and we said, okay, let's do this. And then none of us knew that this was going to be as big as it was. We thought it was just a one-time thing. And my daughter would kill me if I didn't say she My little eight-year-old says hi to Lord Zan, Rita, and the rest of the girls. Oh, Depending oh. <laughs> on that answer, we were all working for Saban for years yeah. before that. So when the power managers came up, we were handed our roles. Right. I was still, of course, at the time. Vernon's story is different, I think. I mean, I don't know how you wound up with that role, but you... Uh, everybody else said no, and I wasn't there at the time, so I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, they auditioned. I, I was amazed because I was actually working in Las Vegas, and they brought me down for the first audition. And there was like 40 people in a room, and every one of them I had seen on television in the league in a series at one time or another, and I walked in and I went, what the am I doing? <laughs> I'm an actor on movies, it's not on television. And I had one advantage that they didn't have. Koichi, who was the director and executive producer of the whole thing at that stage, I just finished doing a movie with him. So it was kind of, let all that audition it's not what you know, it's who you know. And by the way, I must apologize for my voice because at least 20 people have come up and gone to the Ramsey voice. No, I can't bloody talk. <laughs> See, the trick is to say, come to the well, I was a tall blonde, I was saying, come to my bedroom. <laughs> when I was given the role of Rita, they um, had me direct, they directed me to do the Wicked Witch of the West voice. So I followed her, right, you know. Oh, yes, my pretty, and my um, they came back with a... Um, People say that's not scary enough, so they fired me. That's true. And I said, well, well, wait a minute, you directed me to do that. If you want it scarier, let me just give it to you scarier. And they said, mm, no, we're going to have auditions. I said, well, may I have audition? And they said, okay. So I was so pissed off! <laughs> <laughs> I came up with Rita! <laughs> Forty-five years. <laughs> 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 
this is for Goldar. You were never uh, the character was never destroyed in the series. No. 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 You be open to come back as yes. I never saw a frame of anything. 
except when I was recording it. No, I just saw uh, Machika Soga's face and tried to fit the new non-fired voice <laughs> into the mouth flaps without uh, trying to make it fit, which was impossible because it was the same footage over and over and over again with different storylines. So it was terrible dubbing, but there was no, no choice. To do. That was the fun for you. <laughs> I like it when it works, but no, it works in that way, yeah. Whenever Lord Zed and Rita uh, got married, were they more destructive in your all's opinion or uh, more weak? No, they were more comical. Which for me, I enjoyed because it was more like a Lucy Ricky relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the, um, the joy for me is the adlib thing where she can turn her back and she can go, Shut up, radiator face! <laughs> we would throw things in that were uh, ours that they kept. You know, well, I have such a headache. I don't remember how that showed up, but. I think I wish you hit it one day. I may have said it one day, and, I, and then that became a catchphrase. So we we played off each other, but you're right. We, boy, did we screw up as a, as a team. <laughs> well, I wasn't doing too well on my own, and neither was he, so. Yeah, what is the craziest or weirdest place you've been recognized for your work on Power Rangers in public? Oh, at a Yankee game, um, I was uh, going in, and um, the guy took pictures because he knew who I was of me and my husband. And uh, I thought, gee, you know, I've never been carrying a gun with me. <laughs> he was security, and he let me right through. Uh, mine was a little bit like Robert. I was in a toilet. Toilet. And the guy standing beside me looked across and suddenly recognized me. This is serious. Oh my God! A transing. Please hang up. Richard actually, Orbitz, 
And he said, I'm reaching into the back to grab a bite, to, to grab a, a look and make sure that I have my pictures, which I always carry in these kinds of situations. <laughs> and Richard says, what are you doing? I said, just watch and learn. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, in, in this in these days, back then, in 93, uh, it started. So this was probably 95, I would guess. And we're in Beachwood Canyon. And I, I got nailed for speeding. And, I, and we were, I don't know where we were going, then that. And so this motorcycle cop, I mean, he's, he's right, he's stereotypical teardrop, mirror, sunglasses, boots, the whole, the whole garb. I mean, he's really full of himself. And I, in those days, you could get out of the car. It, that was, it was okay. It was actually accepted, meaning it's okay that you approach the officer. And he's got his book out, he's, he's going, he won't even look at me. Driver's license and registration, and I handed it right to him. And he opens up the book. And he starts, I go, whoa, 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 hold on. And he glances up. I said, I'm Goldar. <laughs> no Power Rangers, no nothing, just I'm Goldar. And he looks at me like, and we're, you know, we're in the Hollywood Hills. It's residential. <laughs> and he looks at me, he goes through glasses, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> so I did your line with where I said, Yes, Empress. <laughs> I said, How many kids you got? He got five, five. I said, All right, well, let's get signing. And he walked Two stories, five kids. And I stopped as he's waiting, and he, now he's getting cold feet. And I'm trying to write each. You know, personalized like I do here. You know, Timmy. You know, Daddy takes a bribe. <laughs> Daddy's a bad cop. <laughs> and, and I saw him getting cold feet. I mean, I, I see he's he's thinking about you know reversing his his choice here. And now, and Richard's looking over like basically kind of going, "You better move it. This guy's he's waffling." And I'm down to the you know like the last one. And I'm, Whatever his name was, just <laughs> there you go. And he literally took the five pictures, didn't even thank me. Just took them. It's okay. He just he was like, okay. He walked right to the motorcycle, opened up his his saddlebag, put him in, started his bike, and off he went. <laughs> the Mormon said, I don't not, I don't believe what just went on. Here. <laughs> to this day, Richard. Carries his epic pictures with him. <laughs> well, I hate you for that, by the way. Sorry. I got pulled up for speeding, and um, I, I I don't carry pictures with me. I just happen to have some in the back of the car, and they pull them across the seat. The cop comes up, does he see? Looks at the guy, says, "Oh, you're the guy from Road Warrior," and I went, "Yeah." Think I can get an autograph picture? And I went, yes. <laughs> I said, of course. He said, great. Sign here, please. I'll run you through that. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have one more question. 
Um, on your while you're while you're on the show, when you left, was there anything that you kept while you were on the show of your character, whether it's a prop or a piece of your microphone? Outfit? I took the mic. Microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was really nothing because it wasn't like we had costumes. I mean, I, I had to buy my jacket. You know, usually in companies. I actually got to keep the sword and the mask and the nice. whole thing they gave it to me at the end. I think they were glad to get rid of me. Give him something. <laughs> is the Paul Freeman Q&A. Paul Freeman played Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, for Ivan Ooze, can you tell us the experience and the full experience for the makeup and getting into that costume and what that whole process was like? It was filmed in Sydney, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went over there and I met the... I was cast in London. I went to Sydney and met the designer and the director. And the designer, an Australian called Warrabee, was a very clever man, who, incidentally, in order to do the prosthetics, had studied prosthetics in a hospital in for a couple of years. So he really knew about the mechanics of the body and all that. And he designed the face. He'd also designed those, uh, later on, designed those rock creatures. Remember the sort of cliff that comes alive? Mm. He designed that too. Uh, the face was made of five separate parts of latex. There was one across uh, the forehead which went under my brows into my eyes here. Another piece that went over each cheek. Mm-hmm. Another piece that covered the nose and went up under my lip. Another piece which was the chin piece which went in the bottom lip. Okay. And, uh, and then the hat thing was put on afterwards with all the bones on the head. And I had purple contact lenses, silver teeth, and uh, I had to 
drink. This was my idea, because once I got all this perfect stuff on, my mouth looked too pink. So every day before we started, I drank some very strong blackcurrant juice. And I had a perfect tongue as well. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't work. <clears throat> when we first tried it, he got all these pieces together. And um, it took seven hours to put it all on. It's stuck, obviously, and it's latex. It's very light. Mm -hmm. <coughs> we got it done for four hours. So every day, uh, I'm going through this process. And you know, we're filming. We start early in the morning. They're all starting at seven o'clock in the morning, usually. So I have to be there at three o'clock in the morning. Just me and Warren in the caravan. And I carry on sleeping, but I try to sleep as much as I can while he's doing it. <laughs> but then I'm stuck. I can't do anything else for the rest of the day. You can't take it off because it's an hour and a half to take it off. Uh, and we do this for about two weeks, and then my skin starts to erupt because nobody has thought about the problems of putting glue on for every day for two weeks. Unfortunately, that coincided with them deciding that they had to reshoot a lot of the stuff we'd already shot following the Japanese monkeys. Which meant that I could have, I had to have a week off anyway for my skin to deflate. And um, so I had the week off and then we reshot the early part again. And then they had to build in days off so that I worked for a day and then rested for a day and so on. So that was the process. And at the end of the day, the hour and a half at the end of the day, I would just, because I wasn't able to because of the teeth and because of the uh, mask fitting inside of it, I wasn't even able to eat very much. I couldn't move very much either because the costume was very long and heavy. Mm -hmm. And I had big, they're called Greek shoes, they're kites, which have a, a sole about that big. <laughs> so I was stamping around. So if, I, if I had to move anywhere, they had to carry me. I had sat in a wheelchair and pushed me around. <laughs> And um, what else to tell about? Oh, just the process of taking it off. I would be si sipping beer at the end of the day. I would have a, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> sipping beer from a Guinness from a straw. So they've got tubes of Guinness stacked up. And I just sort of collapsed there. I don't smoke, but I started smoking too while I was doing this while I was taking this off. And that was the process. Thank you your audition process. What, how did Ivan lose? How did you get the role of Ivan Well, that was an audition. Uh, one of the earliest, nowadays we audition all the time on tape. But that, in those days, you often met with the directors. But because they were already out in Australia setting up a film, I had to do this on tape then. And this was, I'm not quite sure of the date, but uh, we were filmed 20 years ago, so it must have been 21 years ago. And, uh, and I got this crazy script for this character. And the character originally really did change shape. He was a shapeshifter. Uh, that's how the ooze came about. All the scenes ended with him turning into slime and going under a door and coming out as a completely separate character on the other side of the door, which was very interesting and gave me the idea, although the script itself didn't change very much, this idea of him changing into other people all the time had gone by the time I got the job and went to Australia. But it did give me the idea that I could be as free as I liked, which is why I changed my voice as much as I could in the film. 
from one scene to the other. You know, I did a lot of it imitating W.C. Fields and I did other other imitations of other voices during it, simply because I was having fun with the whole thing. And that was that was the process of getting that role. So what other uh, difficulties that you've had over the years, um, not just Raiders or, or Power Rangers, but um, any other work that you've done? Uh, uh, there is quite a funny story, but I should tell you about Power Rangers, which was a difficulty, was these great big boots I was wearing. And in order to move around, I would have to take the boots off, gather the costume up in my arms, so just so I can move from one side of the set to the other with a bit of freedom. In this one of the sets, they'd made the steps, I didn't find this out until afterwards, of polystyrene. So I was a bit, I was wearing trainers, but I was a bit wobbly on my feet anyway, because I was used to these big kites, these big boots. And the step broke, and I went down and twisted my ankle very badly, and it was very heavy wearing all this stuff. And uh, in case it was serious, I, th I said, I've got to go to hospital and check this out. But of course, I had all the, the purple on. <laughs> and there was no way I was going to take it all off for an hour and a half and perhaps come back and work in the afternoon when they'd have to put it on again for another four hours. So I got out of the costume. I had my T-shirt and jeans on or shorts underneath because it was summer. And they took me to a local hospital in Sydney. So, um, you know how it is when you're in hospital and there's somebody who's done something awful and you pass them in a corridor and you go, oh, I don't want to look at that. And, what, what? You know, somebody's got a rifle up their nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the reaction I got. They wheeled me out of this uh, car and into the... They were all small clinics along a, a sort of rather suburban road, a shopping centre, actually. So a lot of people passing me. There's this man with this purple head with things sticking out all over it. But the rest of him dressed perfectly and being wheeled into the hospital. <laughs> then it turned out they took a look at me and looked at him and they said, you'll have to go to an x-ray. To get to an x-ray, you have to go to another clinic further. <laughs> so they pushed me through this, this line of shoppers with this stuff around me. And everybody I passed was going, oh, God. <laughs> spent a lot of time with my leg in the air, resting, and I had a very nice apartment above a fish restaurant, and they used to send the food up. <laughs> Next up is the Austin St. John Q&A panel. Wow, so what is up, Lexington, man? <laughs> I gotta tell you, I've been to one or two cities, uh, maybe three, uh, actually maybe like 22 in the last eight months, and uh, a couple different continents. Couple different countries, and uh, man, I love Lexington. This place is awesome. I love the South. What was it like being on the set of the show when you came back for Zio? Well, they definitely started putting money into like the build-outs. I came back, and I remember sitting down in the command center. Uh, right when I came back, and we did the reveal after I ran through a desert in a raincoat. <laughs> I don't know these ideas. I don't know. But anyway, I remember walking into the set and I was like, wow, this is really cool. This beats the heck out of the old command center. The old command center they actually had black drapes that they hung up in the background and put little white Christmas lights down. Because they were that cheap. So it, I was blown away when I came back. I was like, wow, they got pros in here. 
was on set. But yeah, it was pretty cool. What was your favorite Ranger to portray? Um, the Red Ranger or the Gold Ranger? You know, I love them. I get that question a lot. And I love them both for totally different reasons. Uh, Jason, as the Red Ranger, he was meant to be no extra fills, uh, frills, no uh, super crazy costume pieces. He was the staple. He was like the center. He was the rock. And they didn't want to give him frills. He was a low-key, walk softly, but carry a big stick leader. There was no flash about Jason. And that was the way I wanted to portray him. I wanted him to be stable like that. So I didn't have any of the frills or, you know, mantles. Well, I mean, I guess I used Tommy's for like a week. But, uh, you know, I mean, I really didn't have any of that. So I loved, I loved Jason the Red Ranger because he was just, he was that rock. He was, he was like mom's apple pie, you know what I mean? But when I got to come back as the sixth Ranger, that was kind of cool. I mean, I had a pyramid. <laughs> it wasn't a dragon, it was a pyramid. Like, I went to Giza and I said, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was kind of cool to come back and be the outside ranger, and you know the other guys would be getting their butt, butts kicked, and I'd be like, "You guys, I got this. Have a seat. I'll be right with you." Clean it up. So I didn't have to be the leader at that point. I wasn't holding the team together. I got to come back and just kind of do my thing. So it was nice. It was pretty cool. Awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. My question is for you. Myself, like probably most of the people never got to meet the original Yellow Ranger. I was wondering if you could share some of your father moments with her stories from her. Twee. She um I think Walter would agree with me too, we both discussed it. Uh, and David that I'm at. Twee was she was just one of those girls, uh, or one of those people that when you got together with her and you spent time, you could tell that she would engage you. You know, she just was right here and you could have that conversation and you felt like she was speaking with you. Um, in between sets, you know, we had a lot of fun. She was a little mischievous. She had this little, devious, all girls had it, but hers was even more devious. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome because you would see her and everybody thought, oh, she's so innocent. <laughs> the sneakiness. There's no underestimating the sneakiness. And you'd see her, and something would go on, and she'd just be sitting there, just kind of this little gleam in her eye, and we look at her and we're like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, all right. And, um, you know, with some of the other moments, we would, in between sets, because there was always changing the lighting, you know, stand here and check this and do that. And it could be an hour sometimes, but they didn't want us to leave set because some of us were impossible to get back to that page. I don't know who that would have been, though. And um, we would just kind of curl up, you know, like you would with your sister or something. I laid up against the fence at her counter, and she'd snuggle in front of me, we just kind of wrap our arms around each other and her back to me. And we all just sit and chat. And uh, she had this just amazing, long, straight hair. It was like silk. And uh, all of us, I mean, even Amy Joe was just. We just run our fingers through it. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, after the show, when we all left, she was going to do another project with us. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Uh, Cyberforce, which was a, a project that we couldn't get off the ground at the time. But uh, we spent a lot of time doing some private shoots and trying to make these things happen. And uh, she just she was always a pleasure. I never met anyone 
that has ever had anything but amazing things to say about Tweet. She's just, what a great girl. Great girl. When you came back from Forever Red, how did it feel when you were walking off at the end when Cole's like, there goes the greatest Red Ranger of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it now. I think, because I, I did probably about 100 episodes, so there's a lot of them that I, I can't remember the pieces to. People are like, you remember this one episode in this section at this point at this time when you did this? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you ate for breakfast five years ago? <laughs> I didn't think you did. You know? um, so it was probably a couple years later when I actually saw that episode. And I got to see what Cole said, and uh, I remember just being like, wow, that's really cool. I mean, they, they paid tribute to Jason's character, and uh, that was pretty neat, you know, especially since I gave him a hard time when I first got there. He's like, you know, big handshake, and I was like, what's up, man? <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> when Tommy came back as the White Ranger as the leader, how did you feel when he took your you know, I get that question, and you guys have to understand that I wasn't really there then. You know, I was, uh, producers knew I was leaving the show because I told them flat out I wasn't happy with the situation. Tommy's character was very popular, so they started writing him into a stronger leadership position. Uh, so it would be a smooth transition when ultimately I left the show. So uh, I had no problems with it. I knew I was going, and uh, Tommy was a, a good choice in my, in my absence. So. He was a strong character, a lot of popularity. Thank you. Throughout the series, the, the Rangers will always do activities before the fight scenes or anything, whether it be ATV, skydiving, or just hanging out at Ernie's Bar. What was your favorite one on set that you remember enjoying? It's funny that you mentioned the ATVs. <laughs> Once again, I was not... Uh, I was not very old when I was filming this show, and they gave me something with four wheels and an engine. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> I can tell you that for a long time, people were trying to find me so we could actually shoot the scene where I was supposed to be right. And I would come back, and I'm covered in dust, and they're like, where have you been? I'm like, what do you mean where have I been? If I knew where I had been, I'd you should be proud. I actually found my way back here. Because <laughs> I didn't know where I was when I was there. And uh, I, I like ran that thing out of gas twice. I mean, I had a good time with that one. So that was a good episode. I remember the director, he's like, Austin, Austin, you cannot be running off on the ATV. He's like, okay. And he turns back and goes, <laughs> <laughs> <Deuces>. <laughs> My favorite episode was probably one with Walter Jones, where we're standing in the hall, uh, the school hallway, and we have to do what's called freeze frames. So we'd all be standing there talking, and then the director would call, freeze, and we're like, you know, I mean, we've all done it as kids, but we had to do it, and be like, and you're changing lights, and flies are buzzing through, you're like, <laughs> you know, doing this sort of number, or trying not to. And in this scene, they would come over and they had this great big tarantula that had to drop and it would land on Zach's shoulder. Well, the funny part was the tarantula handler, um, he was like, oh, you don't have to worry about it. I've done a bunch of crickets this morning. He's eating, he's cool. I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> 
Okay, I mean, this thing was as big as my hand. And hairy. Wow, that was the first tarantula I'd ever seen up close. And uh, he says, but I'll tell you what to expect so you know if it's actually going to attack. Not that you're going to see it. Like, okay, man. He's like, when it turns and you see its front two legs come up, that's how you know when a spider's going to attack. Because that's how it scoops up its brain and pulls it into its mouth. Okay, man. <laughs> Walter, because it was going to be on him, so he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You, you fed it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, you know, some of us couldn't help. We're like, yep, I had one small child this morning. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're going on the scene, and they come in, and we're all, you know, frozen in position. And then the guy runs out, and now it's on his shoulder, and Greg goes, action! And Zach's reaction was supposed to be, we all just kind of go like that, and he turns, and he's supposed to go, ah! Well, everything was cool until he turned and went, ah! I guess the spider didn't like that. Because <laughs> that spider turned towards him, and it went, ah! <laughs> and his spider two legs came up, and I was like, that's bad. He said, that was bad. And that's bad. Came in out of nowhere, it was like lightning. <laughs> Scooped it right up and was out. And Walt's like, Ooh, okay, and I was like, that was bad. <laughs> he said, that was bad. You almost got eight. He's like, no. And the coolest part is we fell in love with that spider. We took him home. We put him in an aquarium in our house in the wall. And we fed him crickets for years. We named him Homie. <laughs> True story. What was it like going from being uh, a hero on TV to what someone called a hero in real life? Mm -hmm. uh, well, first off, you guys inspired me. Um, and it's probably not something you expect to hear. But as a young boy, 17, 18 years old, here I am, the leader of the, the world's greatest television show at the time. 40 countries, 90 languages, ratings off the charts. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's been topped yet in the ratings. And uh, as a young boy, I always felt, I taught martial arts and I've been in leadership positions, but I didn't feel like I had, I had earned the right to really be this leader, this, this megalith that the character was on the show. So after I left the show, it took me a while. I mean, I, I had some rough times. And, Pay my way through college. I waited tables. I bartended. I bounced nightclubs. I taught martial arts. Um, and I finally made it all the way across country. And I was bartending again, paying my way through college. And uh, a buddy of mine came in and he's like, Hey, you know what? You should come down to the local firehouse and volunteer. Check it out. I think you'd love it. You know, you're into adrenaline. You can do it. I was like, That's a really good idea. So I went down. I volunteered. Got my EMT basic national registry. And uh, I fell in love with it. You know, 911, here I was. Finally, I felt like being an active, uh, well, we, we truly were in a position to save lives. Um, and sometimes we did everything right and we couldn't save lives, which is the, that's our 2 d team in my pocket. There were times when we couldn't save lives, um, and that was a struggle. You, you, gotta, you gotta love the job to stick with it. But, then I started figuring out, hey, I'm an EMT basic, but he's an intermediate. He's a cardiac tech. He's a EMT enhanced. He's a paramedic. And then I figured out paramedic was at the top of the field, and I was like, I gotta do that. 
because he had ALS, advanced life support. He had all these really cool skills, and they always seemed so damn smart to me. Like, he knows everything. <laughs> wow. So I went back to college again, and I got uh, my second degree in emergency medicine and became a paramedic, and uh, I loved it, and I did it for 15 years. So there were a lot of times when we could save lives, and sometimes when we couldn't, which, you know, was always a hard part of the business, but uh, I finally felt like I measured up and earned the right to be where you guys uh, saw me growing up. And uh, then I was given the opportunity to go overseas and do it with uh, the military. I was not in the military, but I was a medic attached to military operations overseas for four years, long haul. And uh, I got to work with our nation's greatest men and women. So I, I finally got to step up and be the leader that I think you guys deserve, I hope. Yes! Admit to. <laughs> it involved a beautiful woman, too, actually, and uh, our clothes were on. <laughs> That's the official part. <laughs> um, I was 17, and uh, I had, we had just, that fact, we hadn't even started filming yet, and I thought, wow, because you guys know my real name is Jason, right? Like my actual Christian name is Jason. Well, I was. Coming into Hollywood, I knew nothing about acting, and all I, I thought I knew was everybody had a stage name. And my mom had spent time in Austin. She had a, a singing career that she gave up when my father uh, became a Marine and started moving. So I knew my mom loved Austin. I liked Austin. I was like, I'm going to change my name to Austin. That sounds cool. Like, <laughs> so I changed it to Austin. And then I was like, and I was talking with these two girls, and uh, Genevieve, and I think her name was Ashley, I think. And um, they were like, well, what do you know about your last name? I was like, do I have to change my last name? They were like, you should change your last name. They have a whole stage name. And I was like, okay, cool. And we went by, we were driving down the street, and we, we'd been in a car for a while, coming up with all these names. I'm like, no, 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 cheesy, stupid, geeky, lame, normal, average, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea. And then we drove by a Catholic church. <laughs> and I saw the name St. John. And I looked at it, I was like, what do you think about St. John? And everybody was like, no, 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 don't do that. And then later we were like, yeah, St. John. So Austin St. John became my, my stage name. The killer was that my character's name originally was Victor. So I walk into set. They were and straight to Hamilton, he's the director, he's uh, from down under. So uh, you know, I walked up to him and I said, hey man, uh, I want to be billed as Austin St. John. And he was like, Austin St. John? He's like, all right. He's like, your real name's Jason. Yeah. He goes, your character name's Victor. Like, yeah. He says, your character's name is not Victor anymore. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I just changed my name. Now you're gonna make my state my my character's name Jason. I was like, you just defeated the whole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, man! And uh, so there was the irony of it. I'm like, I'm not Jason, but I am. 
that's not what I named you. Right? Ooh, all right, I ran. So that was kind of <laughs> Thank you. Finally, our last panel is the Jew Ranger Q&A. So uh, let's bring them on out, all the way from Japan. First USA appearance ever, the cast of Jew Ranger. So, 
in order to make that happen, he worked really hard up until he was 16, and he finally made it happen. I did, didn't watch. Because <laughs> uh, Japanese girl uh, uh, not in, uh, in, interesting. Uh, so Toji, 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 Oh, cut. 
それで一、えー、つの作品を一、えー、週間かけないで超過密スケジュール、えー、忙しいです。
the Dora Chimera? Do, Dora Chimera. Oh, Chimera. Chimera, yeah. Okay, Chimera, yeah.
昔は今と違って CG じゃなかったからまず言って、well, first thing back then they didn't do everything in CG、うんそうだからセメント爆弾の中を走り抜けるシーンがあって、so、these, uh, like、up with, you know, smoke 練習では爆弾は高いから使わないのね<笑>だけど本番はものすごく、えー、怖いから練習の時の2倍, 2, 2倍の速さで走れたそこが一番怖いだって殺されちゃうセメント爆弾リハーサルのテストよりも、uh, うん What is their favorite memory of working on the show?
it's a really famous great series. So, I mean, he just focused really hard on this. He wasn't thinking about anything else. And pretty much just had blinders on. You know, everything was about to show. So she remembers everybody's great teamwork. So as a high school student on stage, you would talk and so even when they're busy, you got to yell at my manager or the producer, everybody was kind of, they were with each other to support it. So, so they had older members like uh, Geki and Gosh, and that helps really. They kind of were like older brothers, they helped the teamwork stay together. For unedited videos of these panels, be sure to check out Lexington Comic and Toy Con's official YouTube page. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash ranger command power hour. This is Truckee B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you're listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. 
Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another great presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch more shows at foureyedradio.com.